You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now. Check out all the good stuff we have. Getting you ready for week number seven. Everything you could possibly imagine. My start sitcom, The Decider, uh, our uh, weekly sleepers and bus picks of the week as well as the the picks straight up and picks against the spread so everything from the fantasy football and gambling perspective and we continue with that run here in the middle of the week for locked on fantasy football we had our matchup wednesday show where we broke down half of the games here on the week seven schedule we got to do the back half on today's show that's what we do every week for you up uh, going straight to it uh, breaking down the games no nonsense here for you looking at it from every single angle and uh, both sides of every game so let's uh lock in and uh, get started here because we have quite a bit to talk about and uh we'll start with the texans and colts we'll pick up there go back to 1 p.m uh, and uh, a game that has a lot of intrigue we know these two teams are four and two they're battling for the top of the AFC South. It's a 47 and a half over under here. It's a a one point favorite line for the Colts. So some points expected here. I mean, when you look at the implied total, both teams scoring in the mid 20s. Uh, when you start with the Texans, and uh, you're going to feel good about uh, Deshaun Watson. He's on fire right now, passing and running. Carlos Hyde looks too good right now. You really can't. Uh, bench him at the moment with the way things are going with the running game for the Texans and uh DeAndre Hopkins I know it's been a bit frustrating but you got to stick with him he's a special receiver he can explode anytime he usually does well against the Colts we know that and they're gonna have to put up some points here so he's overdue I know they've been working in the tight ends Kenny Stills is also going to return this week so I think if you need Darren Fells you can look there but uh I wouldn't reach it. I mean, Stills could just change the complexion of this offense. Remember, they also have Kiki Kuti in the middle of the field as well. So it's a bit frustrating because the Texans are spreading it around, and that's why you're not seeing the numbers for Hopkins necessarily. And Fuller's, Will Fuller's been inconsistent as well. We saw the monster game there in Week 5. He cooled off against the Chiefs in Week 6, although he did have some opportunities to make some big plays. So Hopkins, you're still going to trot out there as your wide receiver one. Watson as your QB one. Carlos Hyde is an RB2 right now. That's the kind of volume he's getting in this uh, offense. And uh, it's a, a good matchup overall for the Texans on the ground. And uh, he's definitely going to be a big part of what they do. Now, Fuller, I think, is more wide receiver three. I don't necessarily love this matchup, but the Colts are a little bit banged up in the secondary. So that certainly is going to help Fuller. So I think this is going to be more of a Fuller-Hopkins game uh, for them on the outside. Keep it simple. The Colts are a little bit vulnerable in the middle of the field, but they're all pretty uh, banged up on the outside as well here. So it, it's going to be interesting. But again, th- that's where I want to go, basically, with the principles there. N- extending not much more than Fuller and Hyde. If you need, again, if you're stuck and you got a tight end pinch here with injuries, maybe you lost Will Disley, you're just trying to get a bye week fill in here, 
you got to look at uh, Darren Fells and uh, hope for the best there. And maybe he'll catch a touchdown and hopefully Jordan Akins won't be the guy instead here for the Texans. And the Texans defense, I wouldn't go there this week. The Colts have a good offensive line. That's going to help Jacoby Prezet stay upright and protected here. And uh, the back end of the Texans is pretty weak as well. So Jacoby Brissett, if you need him at home, the Texans, nothing scary. We know that. They gave up three touchdown passes there to Mahomes last week. So, yeah, Jacoby Brissett, he had his first game actually against the Chiefs where he didn't have multiple touchdowns, just had the rushing one there. But it was a low-scoring affair. This one figures to be a little bit more high-scoring. He's got his receivers healthy at home. His tight ends are good to go. His wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton, not even on the injury report this week uh, at all. He's fully healthy now. So all good news there for the weapons. And uh, the Colts can run the ball a little bit in this one, but we know the Texans are better against the run than they are in the past. So Marlon Mack, you're still going to plug in there as your RB2 uh, with some upside as an RB1 this week. But, uh, again, this could be a good spot here for Brissett if you need him here with his uh, weapons, and uh, you figure this game will go back and forth a little bit and you go there. Now, in terms of uh, a value uh, kicker, I think you can also look at Kamei Fairbairn and Adam Vinatieri because they're indoors and a game where there could be some uh, stalling there and uh, setting up some plays. The Colts defense not extending there. Some people are on that a little bit this week because of the sacks potentially, but looking at the past few weeks, Deshaun Watson has been kept pretty clean here and part of it is the running game as well wearing down the pass rush and the Colts particularly don't have a great one there so I'm not going to extend with the Colts defense either in this game the next game that we uh, will talk about here before we take a break is the Rams and Falcons another high scoring game we stay in the one o'clock window this not a surprise is a 55 point total that's insane and it's only a three-point uh, favorite spread for the Rams in this one. So a lot of points we're expecting here. And why wouldn't you? I mean, the Falcons, uh, Matt Ryan scores 300 uh, passing yards every week for you. Uh, he's going to put the ball up in the air. I mean, the matchups are good. You look at this uh, Rams team. They did acquire Jalen Ramsey. So we'll see if he can play here in his first game. There's some doubts about that. You think they want have them suit up? They're three and three. They really need this game. Julio Jones is on the other side, so maybe not looking at Julio Jones and DFS. I know it's been a little quiet. He's had one really big game, but it's not really uh, gotten the job done too much for Julio Jones. The touchdowns seem to be going more to Calvin Ridley and Austin Hooper here. But uh, get in all your Falcons principles. Devonta Freeman as well. He showed some juice as a receiver out of the backfield. The Rams are pretty vulnerable against the run still. Middle of the pack there, really. Uh, I think the 49ers kind of just slammed things in the line and didn't get their numbers up. But overall, Freeman, you like the usage in the pass game and uh, ability to score touchdowns in any game. So Freeman, fire him up, as well as Ridley, Hooper, Jones, and Ryan. So pretty simple there for the Falcons. Uh, and uh, I want as much exposure to this game as I can. And DFS is going to be where people are going to be targeting as well a lot. So you want to make sure you have a little bit of shares. I mean, Matt Ryan wouldn't be a bad DFS quarterback uh, to build around this week. That's for sure at home in the Dome. The Rams, again, we'll see what happens in the back end, but they're not getting much of a pass rush right now. And their secondary could be even more shredded without uh, Ramsey because they lost a keep to leave to a rib injury and traded Marcus Peters as well now on the Rams side of things uh, Todd Gurley we think he's going to come back Malcolm Brown actually was the one 
missed practice with the ankle injury. He was limited, uh, Gurley was, with a quad injury. It was listed as a thigh contusion there. So usually a bruise situation. It's just a one-week kind of rest thing. So Gurley could certainly come back. We know he had big years playing for the University of Georgia down the road in Athens. So there's that. Sean McVay was a football star in uh, suburban Atlanta as well. We know this is his first game back since the bad memory of the Super Bowl. They need to shake it off before the Super Bowl hangover really gets uh, really ingrained in them this year because going under 500 is not going to cut it there with uh, the way the 49ers and Seahawks are playing and two teams that just beat the Rams. So I bet they put up a good offensive performance. Jared Goff, Brand Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, all these guys uh, should uh, go off as well as Gurley presumably is healthy. He can also have a nice smash game here for the Rams. So basically get everything you can except for the defenses in this one and uh, really enjoy it because you're going to get the results. I mean, there's going to be somebody maybe that doesn't get all the numbers we've seen at those type of games where there's a couple more matchups. So I would say it could be the big play guys, Cooks and Jones, especially if Ramsey plays for the Rams of Cup and Woods just having destroyable matchups everywhere on the field and more reliable, consistent. Those guys may be a little left out in the mix, but I'd expect uh, everyone to have a good position to put up some yardage, rack up some catches, and score this week for both teams. So there's your uh, look at the two of the higher scoring marquee games of the week. We still have uh, five more games to talk about here on Matchup. Thursday, but first I got to tell you about a great offer for you, listener locked on fantasy football. It's from Peloton and it's a limited time offer. You get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to onepeloton.com and use promo code LOCK to get started now. We'll be right back here to look at uh, three more games from the week seven schedule. All right, uh, let's continue here uh, looking at our breakdown of week seven. Uh, we stick in the one o'clock window s- still. Uh, we did talk about one four o'clock game yesterday, the Chargers and Titans to get that out of the way. Now we're on Bills, Dolphins. The Bills are 17 point favorites. This just doesn't happen, folks. 41 is the over under. So we're expecting not a very high scoring game from either side, obviously. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick gets to play against the Bills. He gets to start over Josh Rosen in this game. Now, let's quickly uh, talk about the Dolphins. Uh, there's not much to see here. I don't really like much at all. The Bills' defense is very tough. We know that. The backfield is now split between Kenny Drake, Mark Walton, and Kalen Balage in different situations. So that's not good for us. We don't know who the real number one target receiver is. Uh, Mike Geske has flashed a little tight end, but you have Devontae Parker. Albert Wilson could be back on the mend here. Preston Williams, we will li- want to like him, but just not getting enough opportunities. So avoid everything on the Dolphins if you can, and that's the easy question here. Bills starting with their defense in a good spot. Ryan Fitzpatrick, we know, can turn the ball over and get sacked quite a bit. So that's great news for the Bills here defensively. Frank Gore is in a great spot against his former team, so it's a revenge game for Ryan Fitzpatrick and Frank Gore, his older players here. But Frank Gore should uh, just get a lot of touches. The Bills should be well ahead in this gun. Devin Singletary, I do like his upside, but they might not need him as much. He's more of a pass-catching change of pace, and if you're in a game where you're going to be ahead and smashing, you're not going to need him. Now, Xavier Howard, we'll have to see if he has to miss another game. It was a bit of a surprise late in the week. That's so uh, that's certainly going to help John Brown on the outside make some big plays. 
Now, Cole Beasley might do something here, but uh, keep in mind, they're not going to have to do that much. So if they get a deep shot with John Brown, they get ahead, and they just kind of grind the game away. I mean, people are on Cole Beasley. They're on uh, Dawson Knox at tight end, your new number two receiver after they traded Zay Jones at Duke Williams. But, again, I don't think this is going to be a passing affair for the Bills. It's a running game and defense type of game. So, again, Brown you're playing because he's the primary receiver and could have a really good, great great matchup here that uh, gets uh, better without Howard. So get him involved again and make some big plays for Josh Allen. Now, Allen as well is a good streaming quarterback option because he can uh, pass and run here to some good numbers against the Dolphins. So that's how you break it down. So just be aware of being too exposed to the Bills passing game this week again running game and defense that's how they would win almost every time if Sean McDermott had his way there's a game where they can certainly do that at home against the Dolphins now the next game we'll talk about as we actually turn now fully to our 425 window we have a couple games in that window to talk about here in this segment the Ravens and the Seahawks and this one 49 is the over under Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson the Seahawks are basically a home favorite here with three points there in their column. Now, let's start with the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I mean, you have to keep playing him. The Seahawks team is kind of weak in the middle of the field. That's where he's going to go with the Mark Andrews and maybe get Willie Sneed a little bit more involved. We'll see about Marquise Brown, but it really didn't affect him last week. But that's because the Ravens are playing the Bengals and he can run all over in the Seahawks. They have Bobby Wagner. They can contain him a little bit running. I still think there's going to be plenty of running there, opportunities to mix it around. So you might see something like uh, 150 and a touchdown or maybe 60 yards rushing, whatever. Something like that uh, in the numbers. But you just can't sit Lamar Jackson in a matchup like this where it's expected to be a higher scoring game. He's uh, done well for you minus one week this season. The Seahawks, again, not a scary defense, intimidating place to play in some forms. But the Ravens are pretty good road team here as well so Mar Jackson if you need him certainly fire him up Mark Ingram you keep playing him as your RB2 with a bullet here uh, again we'll see about Marquise Brown if he can play I'm thinking about him for sure in this one with volume for Jackson but if he's out definitely Mark Andrews gets a bump here Andrews is a play for you anyway Willie Sneed if you're really desperate he didn't do too much last week again Ravens are only going to throw it when they need to here so and so a lot of that target share can go to Andrews and the backs and the other tight ends here for the Ravens. And uh, that's how you kind of look at them. And they're definitely you're parking their defense. Not a very good defense in general. They didn't really come through that much against Cincinnati. Bad offense. Seahawks are a good offense. And it's not going to happen here for the Ravens. Now, Russell Wilson locked into your lineup every week. Tyler Lockett, we'll see about uh, Marcus... Peters, if he's going to play along with Marlon Humphrey in this game. Tyler Lockett does line up in the slot a little bit, so that helps. Humphrey can get in the middle a little bit and uh, disturb things, but he's not a guy primarily doing that, so he can avoid that uh, Lockett can, and uh, Marcus Peters as well. So keep in mind, this may not be as good news for DK Metcalf there, because now you have two decent corners, but... It's actually good if Peters is on Metcalf a little bit because Peters can give up a lot of big plays. Metcalf is a big play receiver, big target downfield, and the red zone. I, I would still lean comfortably to playing the Seahawks receivers if you need them in this one. Tyler Lockett as your wide receiver, too. 
DK Metcalf, you have some bye week issues. You can certainly use him as a wide receiver three in this particular game. And he's going to have to get some targets here that, to make up for the fact that Will Disley with the Achilles is out of action here for the Seahawks. Uh, Chris Carson locked in as your RB2 every week. Now, the Seahawks a defense, you might get a little bump. It's a little bit of a mini primetime game in the 425 window. Most of America will get this game, so there's that. But uh, when we're uh, thinking about that, uh, I don't know how much you can boost, but Ravens' offensive line is pretty good. They usually don't make a lot of mistakes here with Jackson. But if you're a little bit desperate with the play with the Seahawks defense, could be a thing for you this week. Uh, tough road environment. Maybe uh, get a few turnovers from Jackson in this game. The next game that we'll talk about, and this is the last of the afternoon games here on Sunday in week seven, 425 kickoff as well. The Saints and the Bears, it's a 38 over under. Ooh, that's not uh, very pleasing for fantasy football, but that makes sense. The way these two defenses are playing and can play against each other and the limitations of the quarterbacks, that makes a lot of sense. So obviously not a game where we want to be exposed to too much here, now let's start with the Saints. The biggest issue now is Alvin Kamara going to play. He had a knee to his ankle issue that uh, he played through against the Jaguars, but certainly had some limitations and some concerns about what he could do and be active for this week. So Latavius Murray, obviously in line to get a big role should uh, Kamara sit out. Now keep in mind the Bears have lost Akeem Hicks, a big part of the run defense. And we saw Josh Jacobs have a very good game against the Bears last week and. uh that was with a limited uh, Raiders offense. They didn't really have too many things. They, Derek Carr, check down quarterback with uh, Noah Tyra Williams in that game. There was not much going on. And uh, the Bears still were pretty leaky against the run, uh, despite no threat there in the passing game. So this is not the Bears defense that's completely shut down. So you certainly should fire up Murray because he's going to be a big part of what they do should Kamara miss. If uh, Kamara does play, I don't know if I can extend to Murray there, but uh, Murray did quite a few touches, and they could also limit them. So I, th- I think if Kamara's out, then Murray is an RB2. If uh, Kamara's in, he's still some consideration as a flex play. If Kamara's in, he still has to be put in as your RB1 this week. Uh, and you could worry a little bit about the limitations, but if he's active for the game, he needs to be active in your lineup. Michael Thomas, of course, is where you're going. Jared Cook a little banged up, so I'm not sure... If, He's going to go yet, but I don't want any part of any other Saints except uh, Kamara slash Murray and uh, Michael Thomas in this one with Teddy Bridgewater there. Saints defense is another appealing play in this game. They've played very well the past few weeks. Uh, They did a number. They cooled off Dak Prescott. Then they cooled off Gardner Minshew. So there's a lot of things to like about the uh, Saints defense in this one with Mitchell Trubisky returning for the Bears on the other side. So... We'll uh, watch that injury with uh, Kamara very closely, obviously, going in Sunday. We'll have an update for you tomorrow there on uh, lineup Friday. With the Bears, there, uh, David Montgomery, tough sledding for him. If you got some better options with a better matchup than this, the Saints have just been nasty against the run. They should try to get David Montgomery a little bit more involved with the passing game. That could help salvage a little bit for him. But we could also see a bit of Terry Cohen in this one do something and uh, – I don't think the Saints are going to do anything to run away here f- from the Bears. So 
They should be a little bit involved in the game plan with Montgomery, but tough matchup. So if you need to start him as your best option at RB2, you'll do it. Uh, hope that they get involved in other ways to make up for it, and maybe he can uh, slip in for a touchdown in this game as well. And that's what you'd be hoping for with David Montgomery. Now, the other uh, thing that you look at in this uh, Bears offense is uh, Allen Robinson, but a very tough matchup here against Marcus Lattimore or Marshawn Lattimore, I've said that a few times, but it's Marshawn, we know, and we should know his name by now, and uh, certainly Amari Cooper and Mike Evans and DJ Chark all know it's Marshawn Lattimore because he's erased them from the game plan here for three consecutive weeks, the opponent's number one receiver. Robinson's clearly number one. If you take away Robinson away from Mitchell Trubisky, where's he going to go? I mean, Trey Burton, the Saints are pretty good against tight ends here. Taylor Gabriel might be a player. P.J. Williams, the kind of slot uh, third defensive back for the Saints behind Eli Apple is out for this game, so they can move Taylor Gabriel around, watch out. I'm not sure I trust Anthony Miller. I mean, that would be the benefit there if they get involved in the slot. Maybe they will after the bye, but I think I feel a little bit more comfortable with Gabriel at home versus a guy like uh, Miller in this one because Gabriel is the number two receiver, and he's going to come back from a concussion this week. So, in a deeper league, uh, maybe a little bit of a tournament contrarian play. We know Gabriel is a boomer bust type player. You can look at him, but I have no interest in Allen Robinson with that brutal matchup against Lattimore this week. There, the Bears defense are still playing them. They're at home again, low scoring game. Teddy Bridgewater not always protecting of the ball so carefully, and uh, that's what you're going to go with here this week. The Saints and Bears defense is actually might be the absolutely best play in this game here in week seven now week seven we're talking a lot about it uh, we can't wait to see all our fantasy football players in action or cheer them on when they score long touchdowns or finish game winning drives uh, there's a way you can get more involved with the excitement of the nfl season and uh, make some extra cash with your nfl knowledge as well it's all about going to my bookie between football season, the MLB playoffs, and the start of the NBA and NHL seasons coming here, it's time to get off the sidelines get on the action. This is the best time of the year to bet. And there's all kinds of ways to bet at MyBookie where they give you the best odds of any sports book. Uh, you're capable of uh, joining a parlay where you pick several games, uh, betting a little, and if they all come through, and you'll multiply your winnings and get a lot there. So... Parlays are a perfect way because they like to bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Uh, they also have some of the best player person in the business and some of the best live in-game betting there as well at my bookie. So check it out. Uh, I enjoy going to my bookie and you should too. And uh, if you join my bookie right now, they will double your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code there locked on. Again, just use the promo code locked on at my bookie, and uh, you will double your first deposit there before you even make a wager. Visit mybookie.ag today. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. We will be right back here with a look at the two primetime games to close our week seven matchups. All right, uh, we've uh, come to the portion where we look at Sunday night football and Monday night football, and uh, some good ones this week. Uh, definitely the Sunday nighter has a lot of implications. Two teams tied atop the NFC East, the Eagles and Cowboys. It's a 49 over under here. 
The Cowboys are favored by three, so pretty solid pointage we expect. Now, a lot of injuries to navigate through, however, for both teams. We'll start with the Eagles. Uh, Darren Sproles looks like he's going to miss another game. Deshaun Jackson's the biggie, though. With the abdominal, it hasn't looked good for him. There was some optimism early in the week from Doug Peterson, but he did not practice there on Wednesday. So Jackson may not be available. What that does is kind of uh, squeeze the Eagles passing game a little bit. And that might not be a bad thing anyway against the Cowboys because that's where you attack. So Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey, I mean, Ertz has been disappointing, but you have to put him in a game like this. The Cowboys cannot cover the tight end consistently. And uh, Alshon Jeffrey is a tough matchup with his body. And Byron Jones is banged up for the Cowboys as well. So he didn't practice early in the week. So Cowboys top corner could be out here. So Jeffrey and Ertz certainly are uh, very viable plays in this particular game. And especially with the, the ability of Jeffrey to score touchdowns. Ertz, I think you're going to be reliable more on catches and yardage this week. Uh, so about Dallas Godert uh, doesn't cut into Ertz a little bit more. We, I think they're just looking for other sources there with uh, only Matt Collins and uh, Nelson Aguilar as the other options there to help. So you got to get Goddard more involved. You just want Ertz to be a little bit more involved. It was unfortunate he lost a fumble last week when he had chances for m- making some big plays against the Vikings. So... I think this could be a nice corrective game for Wentz to Ertz. Carson Wentz should be in your lineup consistently. He's only had one disappointing game so far this season. He's a two-touchdown guy. That's just the way they are. They like to pass to score, and that's where you get your value from uh, Carson Wentz in most games. So he's in in your lineup uh, regularly. Don't worry too much about the Cowboys matchup. They have been giving up big plays. They give up a 300-yard game to Sam Darnold and some long field-stretching plays. So that's where not having Deshaun Jackson hurts a little bit because you have that potential of Robbie Anderson to to torch the Cowboys and that way open things up for everything else. But we'll see. Maybe Jackson will turn things around and be able to play here, but I doubt it. Now, Jason Peters, the left tackle, could be out for the Eagles as well. So something to keep in mind. I don't know if I would invest in the running game this week. I mean, you're going to be dependent a little bit on touchdowns for Jordan Howard, some big plays in the receiving game for Miles Sanders. It came to fruition last week for Sanders, not so much for Howard. So that's a bit frustrating thing to worry about. And uh, if you got a better situation, go there. You might need to start Howard or Sanders if you're a little bit desperate at uh, running back, however, this week. Now, on other side of things with the Cowboys, the Two offensive tackles, uh, Tyron Smith and uh, Lyle Collins, might have to miss another game here. They're quite banged up at front. They also probably are not going to have Amari Cooper in this one. Let's be realistic about this. He has a quad injury as well as an ankle injury. Didn't practice over the week. It would be a stretch. He could not finish the game against the Jets. That usually is not a good sign. If you don't come back in and this practice week doesn't go well early, you're usually not going to play. So make uh, other plans playing someone other than Amari Cooper. This week, you look at uh, Eagles secondary, you want to exploit it. So Michael Gallup certainly is a good spot. Devin Smith, I think, would get bumped up to see some work here on the outside, especially with Randall Cobb hurting. He might have to need to miss another game. So could be a little bit of boost for Jason Witten if you need him. I don't really love the matchup, but if you need him, again, the Eagles are not so dominant against the tight end where uh, it's too scary, but... With, with no Cobb and no Cooper, the targets are going to have to go somewhere. So Michael Gallup in the best position to take advantage of that. Against the Eagles secondary, they still get can get torched here. Ronald Darby might return, but Gallup is where you make the pivot in this particular game. For the Cowboys, now Dak Prescott, if 
you've got better options, you might go there, but it's hard to say that because it's the Cowboys and uh, they need to rev up the passing game. Zeke Elliott can be bottled up by the Eagles. So Dak Prescott's going to have to do things with his arm and his legs. The matchups are going to be there against the secondary to do that. So I'm firing up uh, Dak Prescott if he's your reasonably best option and your other quarterback could have a trickier matchup this week. Uh, I think I'd still start him here as a comfortable QB1 as well as Wentz in this game. The kickers are in good spots, of course, in a good controlled environment, a game where these defenses can bend and don't break and allow some of that. I'm going to avoid the defenses, however, on both teams as it plays in this game because could be well over the total of 49 as these teams go back and forth, even with some of the offensive injuries uh, plaguing them this week. Now, finally, we'll close talking about the Patriots and Jets. This is the Monday night game. The Patriots are at the Jets. They've already played them once, but they play them with a shell of a team against them. The Patriots are 10-point favorite, so a little bit more uh, juice in favor of the Jets now because they do have Sam Darnold in legitimate attack there. Let's look at the Patriots here. Uh, Julian Edelman locked in. He's had two consecutive 100-yard games. He's clearly the number one. They're sorting a lot of other injury issues at wide receiver at this point, so that really helps Edelman and his targeting. Sonny Michelle, I like a little bit more than James White. Michelle in standard leagues, White more in PPR leagues in this particular game. We'll see about Rex Burkhead. He's missed a few games in a row. That can complicate things with Michelle and White, really, but I think you certainly have some uh, viability there with both of those guys. Moore's RB2 for kind of uh, deeper leagues there with both of those guys. But uh, Michelle Moore, the RB2 in standard, while James White is more the PPR flex play in this game for the Patriots. Now, their wide receiver situation, other than Edelman, uh, Josh Gordon, I don't think he's going to play with that knee injury. He didn't practice early in the week, didn't look good. We'll see about Philip Dorsett returning from the hamstring there. Uh, it's a Monday night, so we'll get only a little bit better update uh, going like Friday, Saturday with that. But uh, if both of those guys have to sit, Jacoby Myers in a great spot. Philip Dorsett's already in a very comfortable spot here if he can play with no Gordon because he's definitely going to be outside a lot. In the frequent three receiver sets, Benjamin Watson, the team just signed, but they also put Matt Lacoste on the shelf here. So more injury issues at tight end. So they're going to be a lot of three receiver sets. So there's going to be some run for Myers, regardless if Gordon sits, Dorsett plays, Myers gets a bigger bump. Obviously, Dorsett's out, and he has to be there with Julian Edelman in the passing game. So a lot of things to kind of work out. Unfortunately, it's a Monday night game. So prepare not to play Josh Gordon here. Maybe have a contingency of Myers if he doesn't play, because he would be the replacement right now. He's a better outside guy than Dorsett. Dorsett would still be involved here. We know that uh, uh, in all those cases. So cover your bases there if you're relying on Gordon there to give you another option against the Jets. Now, the Patriots defense, I mean, what can you say? They're they're one of the MVPs of the fantasy football season right now. They still have to be in your lineup, but it may actually be their worst game of the year because Sam Darnold and the Jets actually looked very good against the Cowboys last week. And uh, there's some legitimate weapons. They're going to have to play pick your poison in New England. We know they take away the opponent's best thing. They have done a number on Robbie Anderson before in the past to Jameson Crowder. I wouldn't trust anything in the passing game. Le'Veon Bell... There, uh, you have to play him, the volume, the catches. Hopefully all that will add up to a good day this week. Uh, it's 43 and a half over under, so not expecting too many points here on Monday night. So not going to be too invested in 
The Jets, uh, the implied total for them is not so good. Bell's the only surefire starter. Anderson just doesn't do against the Patriots. Uh, Crowder could get a little garbage uh, PPR value if you really need him this week, and uh, that might be the best source. A lot of dump-offs to uh, Crowder and Bell here, and uh, they get the bulk of the work here. It's hard to stretch field against the Patriots' pass rush and their cornerbacks. Darnold, I do like the way he played last week, but I'm not going to invest him this week. I'm going to save him for a better matchup. I can't really trust anything against the Patriots' defense right now. So there you have it. There's a look at uh, all the second half of games on the Week 7 schedule. Again, circle back to matchup Wednesday if you missed uh, the breakdowns of the previous games, including uh, Chiefs-Broncos, if you need to catch up on that before the game on Thursday night. As a programming reminder, we'll be back tomorrow with Lineup Friday, where we first do the takeaways from that Chiefs-Broncos game, as well as get into some DFS values and uh, some roster construction there on DraftKings here for week number seven before closing the week with the injury updates you need to know. And there's a lot here to sort through in week number seven. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time.